Let's get a roll in here. Hey there, everyone, and what is going on? Welcome to the TXR Podcast. This is episode number 172, the place for Xbox talk on Sunday nights. I'm your host, Invader, and we've got a really good show in store for you this evening. What's on the docket? Well, 343 Industries revealed some new screenshots from Halo Infinite's campaign. We'll give our impressions on that update. Also, we'll be discussion, discussing PlayStation's latest state of play. Was it significant? How was it? As well, well, Phil Spencer was dropping little hints towards something. Do we think so, or was it nothing? All that and more. But first, let me introduce everyone on tonight's panel. And with us this evening is a common uh, face on every Xbox community podcast, whether it's in the comments section or just you know, all around the uh, Xbox Twitter community. A writer for the Lords of Gaming and fellow gamer, please welcome Logan Meyer. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Logan! Logan! Logan. I guess he's muted or something. <laughs> sign back in. Sign back out. Okay. Sorry. I, ha- I hit there the wrong button. My bad. Um, all right, buddy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime, buddy. Uh, you know, I you know heard you on a few different uh, podcasts. Such, I believe you're on the Shop podcast not too long ago. Um, really great stuff. You're very active, uh, writing different articles. I know you're a huge uh, basketball follower as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what who, do you, who, who do you like on basketball? Oh, um, the Thunder is who I cover. So. Oh, wow. I'm from OKC, so, you know, got to nice. cover my own team. No, I respect that. All right. Nice, buddy. Very nice. Well, it's great to have you on board, and uh, I'm looking forward to your thoughts this evening. I'll move right on to the TXR regulars, starting with Eric Shockley, buddy. Yeah, what's happening, brother? Oh, not much. Just uh, caught that deal on PSN for the uh, picked up MK11. Uh, haven't played it Mortal Kombat for like ages, but I think the, that new trailer kind of got my, you know, it's like when you see a new movie or something come out, you kind of were like, oh, okay, cool. I want to go through some of those characters. And I've been playing that in some uh, uh, Deadly Alliance on the OG Xbox. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to lately. All right. All right. Good stuff. Uh Tim, brother, uh, how is everything at your end? Uh, very good. Uh, busy week. Um, but uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, Logan, uh, I'm a fan of on Twitter. I didn't even know he was coming on. I know uh, you mentioned it in the chat, but I I guess I, I swift by it. So, but that's a uh, um, uh, big pleasure to have him on the uh, podcast. Uh, he is one of the more passionate uh, people in following Xbox that I've come across on Twitter. Uh, so it's good to be on a podcast with him. Absolutely. Thanks for um, welcoming, Tim Dog. I'm no glad to see Nice to have you here. Yeah, for sure. And last but not least, Centurion. Hey, Mr. Uh, Arizona Man, how's things? Oh, what is up, Invader? It is Sunday night. It is time for the TXR podcast. I'm glad to see everybody here. I'm ready to talk games, man. No doubt, no doubt. 
Well, hey, you know what? We've got a bunch of people starting to file in already. Uh, we got Infinite here. What's up, brother? As well as Reign of the Third Eye, Six Slayer, Toolman, 55, Other Zinc. And there's going to be more people filing in. I, I see the numbers going up. And you know what? We have a lot of wonderful people here. And it's great to see you all here with us. I know you're all passionate about the show. And hey, we really appreciate you just hanging with us. Okay, guys, you know what? Let's get right into the thick of things for our first topic. And Xbox's Phil Spencer, he seems to to have become a big teaser. And he snuck in the Xbox Series S on streams before uh, we've officially seen it, and a few other things over the last few months. Recently, Phil was doing a stream discussing technology and the future of cloud gaming. However, a lot of people were stuck staring behind at his shelf. Uh, besides the lit-up Xbox logo was a Ludens figure, and it was placed beside it. What's, what is that? What's uh, Ludens? Well, it's the mascot for Kojima Productions, uh, the studio behind Death Stranding. Now, there's a lot of curiosity about this, and I'd like to get the panel's thoughts on it. I'll start with you, Logan. Do you think that there's like a bit of overanalyzing going on here, or do you think that there's some hints being dropped by Phil? Well, it it's an excellent question because in some instances i could see i think people go a little overboard with it but the fact that there has been things hidden in the past on his shelf and then you look at todd howard with bethesda he had the ark of the covenant and a golden statue on his shelf which hinted at indiana jones coming so everybody's just super analyzing everything on his background i mean he has a switch on there phil isn't acquiring nintendo we can put that the rest that's not happening <laughs> but um Phil, obviously, he respects the entire industry. He he plays Nintendo games, PlayStation games, Xbox games. He's just a gamer at heart. He happened, He's the head of Xbox, but at the end of the day, he's just a gamer like everyone else. And so he respects that. So on one hand, you could say, well, maybe he just likes um, Kojima and he respects his work. And Kojima is revered in some circles and some think he's a little different but others really really like his work so it could be seen as that but the fact that it's right and center next to the xbox logo it makes me wonder and then just the fact that if you look at a photo of his shelf from september the last time he did a big press reveal conference it's significantly changed and there's been some additions since september when they announced the pre-orders for the console if you look you do see a ubisoft um, watchdogs legion collector's edition skull on the top left shelf and then in the middle there's the xbox light and the ludens figure and then there's a few other additions that were not there last time so either he's just been doing some more collecting or he's got some deals going I don't know, but I definitely don't think it's nothing. I, I got it. Uh, Watch, Watch Dogs Legion is coming to Game Pass. He's got a deal with Kojima, and Game Pass is coming to the Switch. Solved it. No, no. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the photo above everything. They're working on the next rock band. I'm sorry. Who's making I'm rock been, band? <laughs> I've been trying to find the most stupidest thing I could find in that picture just so I could be like, didn't no, 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 Mad it's Cats really this. Those? Huh? Didn't Mad Cats make the last, like, that when they came out with the last game, like, this past gen? 
I know. I, I just know. felt like throwing that out there. Just be like, oh my god, we're gonna resurrect Rock Band? Are you? Sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they tried that earlier this gen or earlier this last gen. <clears throat> that didn't work out. I'm just sorry, man. At this point, if I was anybody in the gaming industry, I would take a a. I would do every interview, meeting, conversation I could on camera with just a million random things on the wall just so everybody would everybody be playing I Spy all day long mm-hmm. trying to figure out well, what is going on. Centurion, I, like, I, I do have to say, usually I would no, say that... No, I know it's that, like a game for them now. <laughs> well, usually I would say that, oh, yeah, it's nothing, you know, don't pay too much attention to it, but they've literally been dropping hints for, like, people to, like, go with a magnifying glass or binoculars oh, to yeah, look around no, their room. Totally. No, I agree. I'm not denying, because heck, I even did a video on, with, you know, um, Daryl from Walking Dead, Kojima, I forget his name, in Kojima's game in Death Stranding, um, but uh, I I kind of, I've, I've always been saying I stood by, I've read numerous articles uh, about how there has been a major shift from Sony's attention from uh, the Asian market to the North American market. There's uh, there's more money over here. Um, the, as we can all see, the fans over here are willing to kill each other over game consoles. So therefore, um, they're they're focused over here. And if you could see it really well in the Japan side of the marketing of the PS5, uh, the Japan marketing team wasn't even allowed to really do very much. Most of the marketing for the PS5 was handled by the North American marketing team. Um, and there's just been other things like um, for, the, for the first time ever, there wasn't two different versions of the PS5. There wasn't the Asian version and the North American version where they had different button schematics. It was they got the North American version over in Asia, which was a big shocker to them uh, because I guess it has something to do with the, the X and the O button being totally different over there. Um, so yeah. basically I know people are like, Oh, well they're just changing the buttons, but we're just saying like that was a total snub to the fans over there in Asia that PlayStation basically said for the first time ever, we're dropping the Asian version of the console. You're getting the same version as everybody else. So um, Asia is also a more mobile oriented style market. And we all see that Microsoft is getting ready to, uh, definitely uh, tackle that market with X cloud. Um, I really feel that Microsoft is in a good position to definitely, uh, leverage their way into the Asian market and definitely get themselves into a more positive light than what they already have. Um, but we're also going to see some Asian developers, uh, heck, maybe even Kojima Studios. I'm not going to say Kojima's putting Death Stranding on Game Pass or even the Xbox, but we could see, uh, I think Tim's even said, we've seen, we could probably see some Metal Gear Solid uh, show up in Game Pass. Um, basically, some of the developers that Sony is not paying attention to, they're like, well, we've got bigger things to worry about than what you guys have to offer us right now. And that's where Phil Spencer, we've all talked about it before the pandemic. He was going over there taking plane trips on the regular. So there's no telling what kind of relationships he's built with other uh, Asian developers. And now that Sony's no longer focused on Asia, some of these developers still need to put food on their plates. Well, I would add to that, uh, uh, you look at what happened with Death Stranding, for example. There was talk back, I think going back a year or so ago about Death Stranding not doing the numbers that Sony had expected, so it was disappointing there for them. 
as well, uh, there was a, there was an article like amidst all the uh, the Google Stadia news and drama that's been going on the past couple of weeks. Uh, a few days ago, it was reported that they canceled a game that was supposed to be like an episodic mm-hmm. horror title uh, developed by Kojima Productions. And in a way, this makes a lot of sense because I remember that Kojima this past summer was vocal about a canceled project. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. he he made a few tweets about it. He was uh, very, yeah, he was very uh, talkative to say the least. So uh, would would it make a lot of would it make sense for uh, Phil and X? xbox game well, studios to uh, go to kojima and be like hey you know I this don't... makes a lot of sense for game pass hey how about like let's reverse roles here this is where people are probably gonna get crazy on me why does xbox have to go to kojima let's look at what phil spencer's statements have been in the past xbox is not a one i mean not xbox game pass is not a one-size-fits-all kind of program for developers it could be for a developer that just has an idea uh or they can uh help fuel their studio to create another game by putting it in game pass there's different ways of getting paid now you take something like kojima he has put a lot of blood sweat tears and passion into what he does and he has created kojima studios does he want to see that fail he can either stick to his guns and his pride and just be like well i'm gonna hold out for the guys that you know you get what I'm saying. He sees game pass as I could use this as something to help fuel the studio that I'm trying to establish. And it's not like he has to go over and sign his soul away and basically make all his games exclusive. Because I remember, wasn't that one of the stipulations about death stranding was that it, what it had to be able to come to PC, uh, when it came to PlayStation exclusivity. So, um, definitely, we he sees how flexible Microsoft is with its relationships on third-party developers and just how flexible Game Pass can be when it comes to making money using it. He would be a fool to stick to his pride and just be like, no, I don't want to use this. Right, right. Well, according to uh, one of the uh, participants in the chat, uh, Logic Wins, he's stating that, did you hear what Carrick said on this morning's Defining Duke? He straight up implied that Death Stranding was coming to Xbox. Ooh. Okay, well, the only problem with that is is that um, Sony uh, owns the IP, so I guess they would have to release that IP. I'm almost 100% positive um, and I'm surprised that if Carrick didn't uh, mention that. I don't know. I didn't listen to the show. But uh, this is what I can tell you guys. The talks of Kojima and everything, I think they're real. I think that they've talked. Um, I think that Kojima had a falling out with Sony because what happened with Death Stranding is, is that they had discussed in 2015 what the game was about. And then I think they showed Sony what the game was about in 2018. And... It was completely different from, I guess, they didn't have... They weren't lined up where the game was. Um, and that and that led to, I guess, maybe a rocky relationship. Now, obviously, you know, Kojima is out there talking to people. The the Stadia project that, that, that got canceled. Um, so the next step is, is, did Kojima and Phil talk or did X, Kojima and Xbox talk? I can pretty much say that I have a feeling they did. And if that's the case, what it's going to be, it's going to be something like, uh, this is just my guess. Uh, it could be Death Stranding, but how do you get around that IP situation? Or he's making games for Xbox 
um, and either it's a marketing deal or it's exclusive type thing or it's a Game Pass type thing. I don't think it would be a Game Pass type thing. I think it would be a game that obviously everything goes into Game Pass, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would just be his game, and I think it's real. And I think Phil, uh, with the hints in the background, w- which he likes to do, he did the Xbox Series S, and they had a whole, you know, he did it, and then he told them that they did it, and they had a huge meeting, and they were worried, and they were this and that. But he likes to do the hint stuff. Uh, so with that being said, when you see that wall and you take everything from it, uh, you can take things from it. I think it's fun, and I think Phil's just trying to make it fun. And uh, it is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think something's gonna. Co- I think something has been talked about. Will something come out of it? I don't know, but it's real in my opinion. So Tim, just to add on to what you said, let's talk about let's talk about the genius of Phil Spencer. And I'm not trying to you know like you know act like a crazy person in saying that, but he's putting statues and and white boxes in the background of videos. And we are getting people to like, just do news article after news article, even going down the road that um, like, we're going to have Elden ring show up at, at, at a game event at the end of March. And now Aaron Greenberg is trying to shoot that rumor down. Uh, I mean, like, and all we have is a statue sitting next to an Xbox logo. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? That's Phil. That's what I'm just saying. Like, it know? could be anything. Dude could just be a Kojima fan. Well, how many things have been hinted at? So so we know the Xbox Series S. I think Invader went over this already. Uh, what was the other? What was he pointing down? He was actually pointing down at, at uh, and there's a lot of screenshots of this, of uh, on Todd Howard. And it was that, that, that was the um, there Indiana was some, Jones. Yeah, thing, right? the Ark of the Covenant was, I think, above his head on a shelf. Right. And nobody yeah. thought anything of it, right? Right. So, I mean, I, I think it's really fun. And... Um, yeah, like you talked about the Aaron Greenberg tweet. Uh, listen, I think that, uh, you know, either way, that's fine. I don't think you can draw much conclusion of it. You know, th- there's going to be a, a – when the deal is made, there's going to be talk about it, and they're not going to just, like, you know, swift by it. I think they're going to talk exclusivity. Um, you know, even if they come out with a – a reveal of, of Starfield and, and this and that, or they even talk about it. All they have to do is say, "Hey, we're going exclusive." And from what I gather, I think that that's the, that's the mindset. And if they do that, then they got a generation on their hands. And if they don't do that, I do think they're gonna have uh, some problems. I think it's, I think, I think it's pretty close to having their bed made. Uh, and uh, it looks like they're gonna go the right route. So it's exciting times for Xbox uh, fans. You know, coming from 2017, as you all remember, man, those were down times. I mean, we were enthusiastic about it then, and they had four studios. Now we're enthusiastic about it. They got 23 studios, 35 teams. They're looking to buy more. Uh, Your next best guess is Kojima, who would be an unbelievable acquisition, even if they just even get his game. If they got that stranding too... Listen, a lot of people are gonna. It's gonna be things that oh, you bashed this game, that game, but still, it'll be a Game Pass Day One title on your Series X, on your Series S. I think, to be honest, it's something more to to be along the lines of what he was talking to Staddy about. And if it's yeah. the uh, the the horror genre, you can't go wrong with that. Um, but yeah, this is seriously fun times, man. And I just uh, I just think that Xbox fans should realize that. 
and um, you know, be happy. You know, all they have to do basically in the, in the, this year is just say it's exclusive. And I think that the momentum they have right now is just going to carry on over, and then there'll be more deals, more of a realization that Xbox is coming out here to play. Uh, you know, uh, there's so much stuff going on that we don't even cover it. Like the you know the 1080p 60 frames per second update for X Cloud. Uh, to Windows PC. I mean, they're just, they're going to be on fire. And uh, it's just, it's exciting times. And, you know, it's good that we could, we could all talk about it right now. And it's not like doom and gloom. Yeah. I feel like they're not going to just uh, come out and just like say, hey, all these Bethesda games are going to be exclusive. But I think it's just going to be implied whenever right. they release a new game. Hey, or if they announce, say, Starfield or something, it'll right. just be like, hey, it's coming to. It's exactly. going to kind of like they did for all their other games. It's coming right. to Xbox Series X. Yeah. And you just all keep that. people, you know, it'll just become a foregone conclusion. You'll just eventually, you'll get yeah. the message like, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, we haven't had any PlayStation games from Bethesda in a while, other outside yeah. of the online only games. Yeah. So it'd be like, it, you'll eventually get it without them coming out yeah. and saying, hey, we took all your games away and you can't play them because they're not going to want to come out and say it like that. So, well, I, I, I hope it's the. Uh, you know, there was also um, Kojima was tied to uh, Silent Hill. But listen, I think he wants to do a horror type thing. And even if the Xbox comes to the platform and it's and now it's multi-plat, that's big too. Because uh, they didn't have Death Stranding and uh, it's it's going that way. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I like, for, I like uh, Ben Applied, I definitely feel there's something there. And the shelf is now infamous. Yeah, and uh, it's just the way it is. Just like, listen, you can look at even, uh, you know, uh, Phil in his early stages. Remember the shirts? Remember he used mm-hmm. to always put on the shirts, and everyone would say, "What shirt is he wearing right now?" Battle Toads was one uh, shirt, and he liked to tease a lot. Uh, I think that this is part of it too. So, um, what was the? Uh, he made Psychonauts. Yeah, he had a Psychonaut shirt last time. Yeah. It was the. It was actually the studio developer. It was the developer logo for the studio that made yeah, Psychonauts. Okay, I didn't even know. I didn't even. I didn't even recognize it because I didn't even play Psychonauts. And somebody came at me and they were like, "Yeah, he was wearing the developer logo the whole time on stage." <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, what lends some uh, some juice to this the whole Kojima thing is that according to Video Game Chronicle, uh, the Kojima Productions project was uh, pitched, as Tim said, as an episodic horror game, but the sources indicated that the Japanese studio was keen to include cloud gaming into it in some way, uh, but it was blocked by Stadia GM Phil Harrison, of course, right? Phil Harrison, <laughs> of all people, uh, which, you know, I, that, I could see why Kojima would want to talk about Xbox like that, because they're heavy on uh, the cloud and you look at the way streaming's going and I just I think that there's a lot of pieces that seem to fall into place for this relationship to grow and yeah I would not be surprised I mean maybe not Death Stranding again like Tim was saying I don't know if uh, Sony owns the IP or if you know they uh they gave it up to Kojima for a price, but if they were working on a new episodic horror game and wanted to do some experimental things with it, I could I could totally see Phil and all the other uh, personnel at Xbox Game Studios being hyped uh, for this. Listen, if they get Kojima, 
if they get him exclusive, I mean, that would just, I think that would shutter the industry. It would, it would be a huge, uh, huge deal. If they just get him on, on, on a deal where even if it's just exclusive, um, and it's just like like that with cloud stuff and experimental stuff. Just say they got the Stadia deal. That's a huge, huge deal. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, this this is like if they could get him. Uh, I equate it to like uh, you know we talk about basketball. We have baseball fans here. You know, like this is like your trade deadline. You're getting like uh, you know you're getting a huge all star. And you're adding him, and it's just like to take your team over the top. If Xbox gets Kojima and they get everything done with Bethesda, man, we you know this has to come a time where you have to acknowledge that they really are just just taking 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 over, man. They're just they're going crazy. I mean, uh, you know, if you look at it, you know, this is a huge type deal. He's a big name. Um, and it's and I and like I said I I believe they talked, so I think this is very real. It's kind of, it's like I'm thinking to myself along those lines when I was like a big baseball fan or a Mets fan and the, this deadline. Like I feel like something could definitely happen, and if they could get this done, wow, that's all I could say. Mm-hmm. And I I do see some comments in the chat that. Kojima is a little overrated and you know a lot of people might not be interested but honestly if you want Kojima regardless of what you thought maybe about one game or maybe he's not to your taste it's it would still be a big get just for again the variety in Xbox's portfolio and what they're bringing to the platform whether they nailed in an exclusive from him or not you have to admit that he does bring some unique ideas to whatever games that he pitches or they're not for everybody i'll admit but he he does he does have a pedigree to him so i can see why xbox would want to have his talents on the platform and again money talks right who knows i mean uh, you know uh, kojima could definitely warm up to xbox on the platform uh if uh, they showed uh wouldn't it, it would be so crazy if that happened i mean i can honestly see it Twitter will be absolute. <laughs> it'll be it'll be crazy. I hate to uh, use this core. I hate to use this correlation, but uh, video games in a whole is is entertainment slash art. Um, l- this isn't unheard of in the entertainment industry. Let's uh, look at the wrestling industry during the the Attitude Era, where literally it was hot potato for with per- with performers. You didn't know one week to the next when uh, mm-hmm. you know what show they were going to appear on. Some of them were overrated more than others. Um, but it, it definitely created that mind share when you would see someone from the other side appear on the other side, you know? So definitely it will, it'll create some mind share just for, Kojima, just to appear. Just even for Xbox, it would, it would create a, a high amount of mind share. Um, listen, it's a storied name. Um, he's revered in the industry. Uh, Jeff Keighley is, uh, I mean, it's like he's his own agent. i never seen somebody love somebody so much. And, you know, the guy just, is, just absolutely cherishes the guy. You know, you've seen it on his tweets. He's, you know, he's a big fan of him. Um, just the whole media, he's a media darling. Um, and, you know, for me personally, I'm not like a huge uh, fan. Of, like, I don't really like his games that much. 
Um, I, I, I realize they're very popular and good, but I'm not going to say I'm a big Kojima fan. But I will tell you that his name garners that respect, though, and that aura of like people just like say, wow. And again, if you're getting him and you're adding him to, to this studio, uh, you know, collection that they got, it's just like, it's just there comes a time where you're just like, wow, they got this guy, this guy, that guy, you know, and, and you realize where the games are going. And uh, Xbox seems to be really strong making a pitch right now. And they're at, at the point where they're powerful and they're getting even more powerful by the day. Uh, momentum's there, mind shares there. Uh, a lot of it's mind share too. It's like, you know, Xbox had no games. I heard that Phil wanted to make that go away, and <laughs> you're making it go away by doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that type of stuff holds mind share when people just say Xbox Game Pass, best deal in gaming, can't go wrong. Uh, that's going to start to pay dividends, and, you know, Xbox is going to be back to where they were during the 360 days and getting the type of market share. And uh, the revenue is just going to be ridiculous. They're just going to be a big, huge player. Mm -hmm. Kojima isn't on. Oh, sorry. Um, No, go for it. You're you're probably going to ask a more relevant question. I had a joke. You can, you can. Uh, (laughs) I I was just going to say Kojima isn't just a, a revered, um, game creator, he's like basically like a rock star in the industry, yeah. like a pop culture phenomenon. And getting that name cachet associated with Xbox would be monumental for their um, reputation in Japan specifically, but across the world. Like, he has like a huge following just to him and all his games, his defenders, everything. Yeah. So, just having him as part of Xbox or even if Kojima Studios joined Xbox, that would just be mind-blowing and amazing <laughs> and just incredible. But even if it wasn't that, but it right. was just the Stadia game, the horror episodic game, that would be awesome. Or Death Stranding or something else. Like It would be an awesome shot in the arm of instant credibility over there. And you would sell Xbox game um, systems just from having him for his followers. So it would be a huge deal on that just alone. Mm-hmm. See, and with his followers, that's where I, I guess I, I'm glad he went first because let's talk about if Kojima does do anything with Xbox at all in a positive light, how's this going to make Jeff Keeley feel? <laughs> I think he'll just be like everyone else is just realize that, you know, Xbox is the real deal. Give it some respect. I think that's really what it comes down to is that there came down a lot of times when people didn't want to respect Microsoft. They wanted to bully them or make fun of them or make it look inferior. But, you know, they're, they're also, they're, they're also you know, is reality. And uh, the reality is, is that Xbox is, uh, you know, a big-time player. And, you know, they are where the industry is going. Um, or in a lot of spot, you know, I, you know, Sony's very. Are we going to see Keeley flip flop though? And be like, yeah, I'm. No, Xbox I don't think the whole he, time. I, I, I mean, listen, I knew they could do. It. Sony's <laughs> always going to be super strong. They're always going to be there. They're, you know, I just think this is kind of, to be honest, like a downtime for them. Like I, I was saying this the other day, like last generation, 
they were always on up. They always were like shot in the arm with an article or in the beginning, it was like the resolution would knock Xbox down. People would talk about that. Like the whole gen Sony had an advantage, always was winning. And this gen, and like, I always kind of feel this way. Gens just go a certain way. This gen is going a different way and you could feel it from whether it was Jim Ryan's comments the other day to some of the decisions that they're making uh, and then you see you see what Xbox is doing, and uh, it just seems to be going down that path. So, but like I said, I haven't seen Sony like kind of on their back feet like this in a long while. And you know, even their their fans who are super loyal, uh, you know, there's going to come a time where you have to just like accept it. You know, Xbox is going to be really good. You can't say it sucks. You can't say it has no games. You can't say it's this or that. Uh, when you can't even home keep your own See, system, that's right. you know? You can't keep on beating the same person up before that same person goes and hits the gym and bulks right. up and totally, you know, changes their demeanor. I mean, like, yeah. pretty much, the maybe they hit Xbox a little bit too hard, and now Xbox is going to come out swinging because last gen, they, they got it handed to them by Sony. Oh, yeah. and so now it's like what is Sony going to do if Xbox really did make sure they had every duck in a row? Mm-hmm. And and then we're getting that feeling, to be honest, that it that is the case. They definitely have the more powerful system. They definitely have the better design system. I saw the PS5. That that thing's a monstrosity. If I see if I saw if that was <laughs> Xbox, let me be honest. If that was Xbox, there would still be jokes. Could you imagine Ryan McCaffrey, the guy who completed went nuts about a power brick? You think he would be nice <laughs> to that design? I have a bet with a friend at work. Well, the only person at work, uh, one of the guys that I work for, um, we have a bet that we pl- think that there's going to be a redesign on the PS5 within the first two years of launch. Yes, 100%. Oh, totally. Hey, guys. Hey, you know what? I got a PlayStation 5 surfboard myself. So, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is yeah. so bloody massive. And then you expect people to open that thing up. Uh, and even myself, listen, I work with electronics. I wouldn't want to open that stuff up to put a, a extorable, um, ex- expandable SSD on it. I mean, you got to take the thing off. So, yeah, it looks easy. It's like, hey, you could do it easy until you really try it and it feels immovable. And then you put too much pressure on it and the thing goes flying. You know, you, you're going to tell me that the way I, I've seen people, the way they, they can't do. People can't do stuff like hard stuff like that. Like that's considered hard, I would say, for a lot of people. And that's sad to say that, but the fact of the matter is, is there are a lot of people that just won't even attempt that. You know what I mean? So, like, their design for the storage was a huge miss. You have to have a little you to, to open the thing up. Let's be honest. That's that's you know, for, it's a hassle. I mean, you, you could always say, oh yeah, it's so easy and this and that. But, you know, you're dealing with people that aren't as physically, you know, like they, they just mechanically inclined to do that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, ask your mom to do that. Or, oh, mom, try to open this up. I want to expand this. I know? think it's going to get – I think we're actually going to get back to uh, the 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 PS4 fan days where the, uh, the loud fan is going to start becoming a real thing again because I guess some of the stuff that I read, I guess in springtime, they're getting ready to drop a patch where they're going to speed up the ramp, uh, the fan yeah. speed to, to help with the cooling because they want to release 
a, a chip for this thing for expansion, and I guess it's going to make it get hotter. Right. Well, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna. They're waiting for a firmware update where it'll be able to ramp up the uh, the fans to, I guess, give it the, uh, enough power to do where it's suitable to to actually cool these things off. But that design solution, let's be honest, it's not the end of the oh. world. It's horrible. No, that's why I can't. I'm still. I I couldn't believe that. For me, when I watched that breakdown in Japan. And he pulled out that heat sink. I was like, oh, my God, that thing is Frankenstein's. This thing, I'm sorry, there's like, I'm not trying to be mean. There's little engineering. Well, I don't. I, I think what happened with them, and I've heard this, and I'm, I would say it's very well sourced, that they, they had a 2019. They were shooting for 2019, and that's the system – that they went with, uh, and they just basically enhanced it. Once they knew they were locked in, uh, they enhanced it with certain stuff. Uh, you know, um, it had like elements of obviously RDNA two, um, but it was it doesn't have the the VRS or the ML. Um, it has software solutions, as we all know, but everyone has software solutions. Uh, you know, there's definitely more hardware, and that's what that's what I've heard, and that's what a lot of people. Have heard it's a 2019 build, and then they, you know, souped it up as much as they could to try to keep up with the power. And they did smart shift, um, but uh, yeah, I could see them redesigning that. Um, it doesn't make any sense. The only reason why that makes sense is because it is a 2019 build. The thing is huge. Uh, you know, that's just uh, the, I, I don't understand how you could design that. You know, uh, especially. You know, you're you're from Japan. People like smaller electronics. Uh, you know, I think for a million years they would go like for a design like that. Uh, but what it is, what it is, still a good mm -hmm. system and all. I don't want to sound like we're totally ripping on it, but uh, just being real about the situation. Sometimes there aren't people who are they're like afraid to be real because uh, you can't criticize. It's been a long time. You can't criticize this. The only thing you can criticize is Xbox. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, there's some things that definitely can be pointed out for Sony, but you know, overall, it's it's uh, it's just interesting the whole thing. The gen starting, and uh, you know, it's about to really start to get going. 2021 is the year where it's gonna there's gonna it's gonna be a big year. I think it's gonna be a very big year for Xbox. Yeah, you got that right, Tim. And you know, we will segue into some recent PlayStation news. But regarding this whole Kojima thing, I I do think that there's something here that Phil, that there was a Phil tease uh, because hey, they've been consistently doing it. Time will tell, and it's just uh, I don't think that that was put there by chance so just again take that as you will fellas but uh we will move on and playstation had their latest state of play event we saw gameplay for returnal Oddworld source uh soulstorm kina the final fantasy 7 remake they had some new stuff there and a few others and afterwards well there was a bit of a mixed reaction to it and a lot of it was just games we had already seen before or maybe some smaller indie titles. Now, I would love to get everyone's opinions on the stream that they showed. And you know what? We'll start this off with Eric Shockley. Buddy, overall, what did you think of what uh, PlayStation showed? 
Yeah, it was definitely kind of underwhelming, but I think everybody kind of assumed that going in. I, I didn't assume they were going to surprise us with anything. Um, but, I mean, I was glad to see that if you bought, you know, my highlight was at the very end when it was Final Fantasy VII, knowing that you were getting a free PS5 upgrade. I didn't think that was going to happen, so that was a nice surprise. Um, they did, it was funny, they did announce the PS Plus for March you're going to get Final Fantasy VII, but if you use that, you don't get the free upgrade. So that's still them being square. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I think Deathloop looked pretty good. Um, Returnal is looking, again, solid like it, like its initial debut did. Uh, it kind of gives me a lot of uh, Lost Planet vibes, kind of especially with like the where you see kind of like the ticket damage, like on the enemies. So kind of <laughs> that's funny. I got Lost pl- uh, Planet footage on right now as you say that. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. Other than that, everything else I was just like skipping through because I was on a slight delay, so I was just like, "Yeah, let's get past that." Okay, cool. This looks yeah, but really those three. Um, and as far as probably to your next point, the as far as their games going to like PC, um, yeah, I, I don't. Or you may have not got into that yet, but uh, as far as them maybe looking at a bet in maybe worse light than Microsoft with like kind of being beating around the bush in that regard of whether their game's going mm-hmm. to PC, whether or not. Um, yeah. I think it's got a lot of their fans, a lot of their diehard fans, like not understand, not knowing where to go or how to cope with it because they don't know if it's going to happen. So it's kind of like not ripping. It's like slowly ripping off a bandaid where it's just yeah. like, uh, do I just like keep going slowly or do I just rip it all off? So a lot of them are just like having meltdowns right now. Like, well, if you go to if all the games, go to PC, I'm going to PC too. I'm like, well, you already own, like there's some out there that have high end PCs that are out there in the Twitter community. And it's like, well, why, why is this going to, this is going to help you that you don't have to, you're going to be liberated. You don't have to buy a console anymore. If that's the way you want a game, obviously it is. If you spent like $2,000 on a PC, cause I see some of them out there. Like just play it on PC. You're gonna play it better. Like, I don't, I don't understand what's. Or if you want to play it on console, heck, I have I have both. So like, if you yeah. like to, you like tech, you like to have you know have a reason to buy a console. Like you still do. You can have one, like in your game room with like your computer, and then just have kind of, hey, I got the PS4 out in the living room because guess what? Not all of my family or friends that come over. If I want to play them in, like, you know, where I was talking about Mortal Kombat earlier, they're not going to want to sit at my computer desk and play. You're going to play on the TV. So there is still a reason. Mm. Like, you can make something if you want to own it because you're a PlayStation fan. I get it. But I don't know. That's, <laughs> but yeah, I think it is funny because it's like, it, it feels like they're just following all the footsteps of people always say that. Like, why are you, no one, they're not going to follow third place or second place or whatever. Right. I'm like, they're literally following every step of Microsoft. Games are slowly going to go to PC. Yeah. He even said he didn't even, well, at least he said that. Uh, he has a slate, you know, slew of like other and games then, coming. And then he, and then he gives a, a reason, like, we have to do it financially. Like, he's like pleading, like, like that I thought was weird. But before he said that, that they, that's why they wouldn't, because they were like, well, right. We, or I guess that was more of the Game Pass model. So they probably won't do the Game Pass model. They probably eventually will get somewhat get there, maybe a halfway, like, hey, it's going to PS now and they don't leave game PS now like they do now. Um, but yeah, they're slowly getting there. So 
It's kind of yeah. fun. You know, and that's like what I, you know, I mean, I sound like, you know, going on and on, but that's what I'm talking about, the momentum and the way things are going this gen. Uh, it just seems like Sony is just struggling. You know, you look, for the, they started off saying that they were going to have, you know, uh, remember, we believe in generations, and, like, they were going wholehearted at Xbox, and, uh, you know, and then that just switched up. And then, you know, you had stuff like this, just, it's just, uh, you know, they're, they're being, they're, they're not being upfront about it and they're being shitty about it and they should just, you know, just, I guess, just, you know, they're going to just, it's going to be, the next game is going to be God of War or what they're going to do is, is that they're going to do a game like Bloodborne. They're not, they're going to just make, they're going to probably do a remake of it uh, and give it 60 frames per second. Uh, put ray tracing in it and charge for it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so like it's just, uh, and then put that on PC as well. Like uh, they they they're going down the same route as Xbox, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that. We just, it's just that you know they know Xbox fans have been saying this the whole time, and the PlayStation influencers and all those guys talking about dedicated consoles sound stupid and they they're looking bad because you know they, they were saying oh this is going to be the only way to play you know uh this is why i'm still you know exclusively exclusive games and this and that every one of these things that they've thrown at us for last generation are, are going against them and you know uh is is you know going it's not going their way so you know it's just it's just it's just crazy how just like the the shoe is just flipping and uh, how much stuff is going down this this you know route? And I also thought what was funny. Jim also talked about there'll be other games that come uh, straight to PS Plus, like Destruction All Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like that was against what he said that it was unsustainable to do that. Uh, so uh, it's 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 getting interesting, let's to say the least. Yeah, I mean they're watching Microsoft hit like record revenue that they've never hit before. And and they're putting all their games, well, heck, all their right. games on Game Pass. Plus, you know, putting all their games like giving you a reason not to buy their console, and they're still, you know, beating previous records. So, I think they see the money. It's like there's a huge base out there. They want Microsoft to just like have a, you know, monopoly. Eventually, they know these Bethesda, big Bethesda titles are coming, and they're going to be on PC. And guess how many people? you know, on that play on PC hardcore that might be huge Steam fans and just, you know, diehard don't want to ever touch Epic. But I guarantee a lot of them might want to touch, you know, because they used to call it like Bug Thesda. They might want to touch, you know, Game Pass to test out the game, make sure, you know, it runs well on my computer before I drop $60, $70. So I'm sure there's going to be a ton of PC players either subscribed into Game Pass or, you know, buying, you know, Microsoft's titles on PC when all these games start hitting. So, mm. well guys, in hindsight, I remember when Xbox started announcing, oh, you know, it, it was very slow with them when they started announcing oh, their titles were going to be coming uh, you know, uh, to cross platform to PC and Xbox that they were going to be doing that and it ruffled you know, quite a few feathers at the time. I remember that a lot of uh, diehard Xbox fans uh, were not impressed at first, but I I think over time the way that they rolled it out, people started getting more comfortable with it, and it 
overall, I mean, it's been pretty good for uh, for us overall, just having the options and more people are able to play it and so on. It's good for the business as well. But you look at how they rolled it out, and Xbox got a lot of flack too, I think, in the press as well. And, you know, what's, what's the point of playing on Xbox and so on? And now right. Sony comes out, you know, again, like years later, and then they're doing that. Where's all the reaction to it in the press? Yeah. Right? Like, where, where, where is all yeah. the outrage? You know, is is PlayStation going to be going anywhere? No, of course not. Yeah. I don't know. Here's, I do have a interesting point. Remember when uh, Gears of War first came out, and then eventually went to the PC, even had extra content that they never gave us on 360. You didn't have the outcry of like, what? I just bought the 360 specifically for Gears of War. There was this killer app in 06. Halo 3 hadn't dropped yet. And Halo 2 was coming to PC as well. But people weren't like freaking out of like, well, why did I just buy this console? No, because guess why? Uh, the PC gaming on PC back then, it wasn't near as glamorous as it is today. So it's 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 this feeling inside of them. They want to go to PC. Like they want to, but they they don't really. But there's still something holding them back. Like, well, I still want a console, but man, PC's looking really enticing. That's kind of you know deep down where they think they want to play, but they're just like you know they're in denial to their their own you yeah, know feelings. They, they, I think like, that's what it is. They want to play on PC, yeah. but they like they don't want to you know be real with themselves. Because why else would you be mad that somebody else is playing on PC? You weren't. No one cared. Yeah. Not one person ever cared that Gears of War went to PC. No. Well, no I think that Xbox fans at the first time were a little annoyed. But for the fact is, is that you realize it doesn't really affect you. Uh, and if you are doing it, the best way to do it is the way Xbox does it with cross buy. You get the the free the free version on PC, which is good. Um, but at the end of the day, the Sony guys shouldn't worry about this. Um, it's not really a big deal. These games are, are two years older. Um, you know, uh, it's it, it's it's you know it's it's not the end of the world. Uh, like I said, a lot of people took L's on this because of the constant uh, crap talking that, that that goes on. But at the end of the day, it's not really a deal. Just worry about your 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 content. Your experience. I think that people just, you know, 2006 mentality has to go away. We're different in a different world right now. And, uh, you know, we just got to accept things. Hmm. And it doesn't even affect you, like I said. Yeah. No, absolutely, Tim. And I have to go back. The As far as the state of play goes, guys, one of the best trailers, I thought, was actually for Deathloop, um, which is going to be an Xbox property very soon. I really enjoyed what I saw. I thought it was a very interesting trailer. I liked all the action for it. Um, what's everyone else's thoughts on this game? Uh, Logan, did uh, did you get a chance to check it out? Yeah, I um. I enjoyed State of Play. It was the things I really I, that I enjoyed. I really liked, but then there was a lot of mess stuff. And to be honest, it was pretty propped up by timed exclusives. Like come to find out, um, Kena or Kenna is a timed exclusive. At the end, if you look in the little font, it says you know timed exclusive for um, console and then PC, and then Deathloop is you know gonna be an xbox studio property because of arcane and then i um 
I really enjoyed Returnal as well. Returnal looked like a um, awesome title to me because I love horror games, so I can't wait to play that one. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now the thing with Deathloop is that uh, it won't be available in the uh, trailer right at the end in the little text it says also available on PC but not available on other consoles until at least May 21st, 2022. Meaning that the game would come to uh, Xbox consoles a full year after release and of course this game was originally delayed a couple of months on top of everything so you know it's unfortunate that we have to wait uh, a while for this game on Xbox especially since they own the property but they want to keep their promises on uh, this deal so at least you know it's dropping in Game Pass the second that deal was up Yeah, it just it looks it looks like a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, guys. I have a I have a PlayStation Five, a PC. I can I mean I can play it on a whole bunch. It's just that's the thing, shock, right? I could I it will come day one to to Game Pass when it is available. So I would absolutely love that, to wait. Yeah, I wonder how. Yeah, that just makes me think because it's like you know it's coming to Game Pass, so that almost like almost hurts their money that they're making on the deal that's already in place. Because it's like well, I other than, I'm sure a ton of people probably buy it on playstation though because there's not going to be that much to play still but yeah that is interesting it's like well i'll i'll play my other backlog games and then yeah eventually be in game pass for me to play once that's up that's probably what i'll do well here's something what about if it comes to uh the pc portion of game pass day one have they ever talked about that hmm what's uh, the question I, I bet- they might be able to get around. I mean, they could. That's still kind of honoring the deal. Was it already no, going to go to PC? Do that. I don't think they'll do that. Was it already a PC deal? Uh, yeah, that is a good, that's a good question. Like, is but, it already mm-hmm. coming to PC regardless? Like, uh, is it coming to Steam or Epic Store right now with PlayStation? I Probably. think it's going to Epic. I could be mistaken, though, but it's definitely okay. coming to PC at some point. If I, I'm not sure if it comes out the if it's going to be coming out the same day or months later. I'm not 100% on that. But that would be an interesting cat to check out i have to look into that more but can you imagine it dropping for the game pass pc though i mean that would be still in probably a loophole like if it was going to steam for example and like playstation that would probably be somewhat of a loophole because it's like well still going to pc but but i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah well either way guys the the PlayStation uh, State of Play, the recent one, it was kind of hit or miss. I saw some good things too, like Returnal, uh, Deathloop looked pretty impressive. I liked it a lot there, and a few other things. But otherwise, just eh, you know, kind of mediocre overall. So hopefully they have a good showing uh, at the next one. Uh, so you know, we'll move on, guys. And I gotta ask this: Who's pumped for Halo Infinite? Anybody uh, in the chat? You know, definitely let me know. Well, guys. You know, there is reasons to be excited. And in the latest Halo update, uh, 343 Industries showed off some brand new screenshots from the campaign. And I gotta say, it looks very sweet. Uh, There's new screens from across the Zeta Halo showing off improvements to the environment, weapons, buildings, basically everything. The skybox looks gorgeous. Um, Tim, I'll go to you here first. I've been seeing a lot of energy since 343 showed off these new screens they look pretty impressive to me uh do you think 343 is already starting to turn around halo infinite's image from last july oh yeah i I think that was a a, a, people got people got a nice they got excited so 
they're doing this well. They're giving you drips and drabs. But um, what you saw really was pretty much six months of them focusing on graphics, bringing in people like uh, J uh, Joseph Staten, uh, and the other gentleman, Pierre, I don't know his last name, but supposedly that guy was uh, a big get. Um, uh, as far as I heard, he was doing very well. Uh, what you saw was different lighting, a little, a little crisper. It looked, had a much nicer look to it. Um, and the good thing is, is you're going to get another six months to eight months or whatever of, you know, you know, making the graphics that much better. Will it be the best-looking game ever? I don't think that's going to be that, but I think it's going to be something where it could be visually very good to look at, um, but plays on a different level and, you know, uh, you know, really enjoyable, fun stuff. Uh, the hype's there. You know, you know uh, I saw a lot of people zooming in on trees, 16,000% just to say it looks bad. That's, that's a good sign because, you know, people... Uh, <laughs> Are really reaching out there, but um, overall, uh, yeah, uh, they're they're doing this they're doing this right, and it looks like they really um, did the right thing and delayed the game. Uh, they were pushing very hard for the release. I know that Xbox really wanted to show it off, but uh, in the end, I think that we're going to be really I, honestly. I, I think that the game has a chance to now, you know be an upper to close to 90 Metacritic game. Heard the stories are very good. They nail the graphics and they get the gameplay down. Uh, the multiplayer is also going to benefit from this year of just, you know, fixing everything, making everything, uh, you know, optimizing and making it look better using stuff like Tier 2 VRS. We might see that right out of the gate. Uh, you know, ray tracing. Hopefully, uh, maybe it would be Dolby... Uh, Dolby Vision, uh, Dolby using that. Um, they have a lot of time. A lot of people have worked on this. At one time, they were up to like 1,300 people working on it. Uh, you've had a lot of people helping them within studios. Uh, supposedly, Gears has helped them. And, you know, listen, when you have a lot of talent you have, and you're working that hard uh, and you have time, it's a different ball game. And I think that that's what people are realizing. Listen, 343 is not this they're making them out to be like they're the worst studio they've put out some good games halo 4 was respectable it was 87 i thought it would look great uh it was definitely triple a blockbuster uh halo 5 fell short in some areas um and halo 6 uh they might have dodged a bullet here and and uh at one time when i was really down on the game um when it was when it was uh announced it was delayed and you know, I heard some people talk about it. Now uh, the attitude is changing, and um, they're going to, I think, have a, a really good game come November, and I think we're all going to be very happy. Mm -hmm. Remember all those words where people said, like, oh, they only have a year left. Like, how, how much work can they get done? When you have the amount of resources Microsoft has, like they have, you know, endless money, um, as well as Coalition and other developers helping them, like in between their game and all the hands on deck, you can get a lot of stuff done. It's all about how many hands, you know, how many developers you have. You can get way more done than somebody that only has like, you know, 50. Well, <laughs> so you can see the screenshots. They speak volumes. Like when you actually look in detail, you're like, holy crap, that is a huge difference. 
Oh, no, this is a monumental tile uh, title when you look at 343 alone is well over what 500 uh, employees alone and then you also take into account they have skybox labs they have maybe three other support studios and then you look at internally they have all kinds of across xbox game studios all kinds of developers to draw upon you talk about the coalition it seems like they're helping out for all we know, other teams could be helping out too. I, I keep hearing that uh, Turn 10 is great for that kind of stuff as well, being a support studio for different things. And uh, yeah, you know, there are a lot of hands on deck for this game. They definitely want this to be the big title for uh, the Xbox Series X moving forward. Uh, I think from what I've heard, too, from uh, different accounts, that this is uh, the most financially expensive game that Xbox or Microsoft has put into a title. So I I can't wait to see what they have there. You know, I remember a lot of complaints about the lighting when this uh, when they first showed off the gameplay for Halo Infinite. And now it looks gorgeous, especially the did you guys see the screens with uh, the sky changing from day to night? It looks gorgeous. Yeah, I think that was uh, a bunch of screenshots that were just like flip booked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and you know, uh, Alex Battaglia of uh, Digital Foundry did a video of explaining how he thought the graphics on Halo uh, Infinite demo fell short because the lighting was very soft, and ray tracing um, can really make a big difference. And I was like, at the time of the video, I was like, eh, I don't really know. But when he also then showed a picture of Cyberpunk and what his point that he was making about Halo became uh, abundantly clear when I seen what he was looking at, when he was showing with Cyberpunk 2077 with ray tracing on and it off. And the, with the ray tracing on, it was like, you, you're like, wow, that looks really nice. And you could see kind of his point. Like, if, if Halo had that type of lighting, it just makes things look realer. It just makes things look better. Uh, and and uh, I, I don't know if you can track them down, but uh, you too, if you get a chance, look at that with the Cyberpunks on and off, uh, 27, 2077, uh, and you'll understand what, what, what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal. And that was a bummer that we wouldn't have got that at launch. That would have been a mess. Yeah, yeah, but the game's definitely come a long way uh, from where we were, what, six, seven months ago. And, um, you know, I do understand that it was a demo in a lot of ways, but it still wasn't exactly what a lot of people were first expecting to see for this big title. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big defender of the game. I actually really liked what I saw. I'm like, I was, uh, Tim, guys, I'm sure you remember, I was, I really enjoyed what I saw there. I was uh, really touting it. Just you I was really touting it. I'll always defend it. It looks like a lot of fun. I like them returning to uh, a more familiar um, art style, like uh, going back to the Bungie mm -hmm. days and so on. I think that there's a lot of good things with this game, and I'm really looking forward to it. But there were definitely some uh, touches that uh, were missing off in that demo, and I'm glad to see them coming out slowly, slowly giving us more yes. details and... Who knows, guys? I mean, maybe we'll uh, start hearing some more uh, information regarding a beta soon. That would be really nice. Um, 
Uh, Logan, have you seen these screens? I would love to know your thoughts. Like, what are your first impressions seeing these uh, new screens coming out of 343? Uh, are you overall uh, impressed by what you're seeing so far, like uh, improvements-wise? First off, I want to say it's an absolute godsend that game got delayed. It um, it looks incredible now compared to when it was first teased at that Xbox event. Um, it, it seems in hindsight insane that they were even trying to rush it for November that year. And it just, it's so much better. It crisper. They've doubled down on the story. They're going all in that they're spending this whole year, a hundred percent making sure this game is pristine. Halo has always been their preeminent franchise. They know they can't screw this up. It's their most important one. And while it would have been cool to launch a console with it, I'd much rather not launch it and it be just a colossal just mess and wait a year. And then you get the 20th anniversary of Halo for November of this year. So, I mean, it has a way of working out. I think it adds excitement in a different aspect for that. And so I'm very excited for it. I think the delay was massive blessing in disguise they clearly needed the time i i enjoyed the gameplay i saw when it launched but the visuals were just clearly not where they needed to be i liked the art style but it's clear now when you look at the screen grabs compared to last year that they've made the most of their effort it looks good i'm confident that this will return halo to a tier level of nice talent i don't 343 isn't messing around on this. They they know like they got one shot to make sure that Halo is back on the forefront and preeminent mm-hmm. and they they're not they're not taking chances this time. Well, I think you look now back at uh, Cyberpunk's launch and <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of people realize that hey, you know what? Uh, it, it's a pretty good thing to delay a game. <laughs> so it's better not to rush things. And I'm all for delaying a game, honestly, if it needs the polish and if they need to take more time to it, whether it be to do some finishing touches or add more content in, go for it. Like, I would rather have the game that they envisioned rather than a rushed title. Well, I think it's gonna. You know, I think they're gonna have something funny with Craig too. Um, I think they're gonna. I think they're they're gonna spend spend a little extra attention to him. Um, but uh, you know, overall, you know, they they had this huge goal that it was going to be launched, and uh, internally they were very upset that it wasn't launched. Um, I know that. Uh, you know, uh, especially talking to people, like they really wanted to show that that often. It just didn't come together. COVID was a big factor. Uh, even without COVID, I think that they still would have been pressing to make that deadline. Um, you know, they lost uh, they they lost their two creative directors. Uh, you know, uh, it was a little bit of development hell, but I think uh, they just you know constantly worked at it and. You know, it's funny hearing Logan saying like they would go back to eight tiers uh, status. Um, you know, a lot of people are making fun of them and acting like they're like this not talented group of uh, of studio and they're real crap. The fact is, is that 
three four three has a lot of really good, really good developers, and um, you know I think that's going to show itself. Like I kind of feel that that this this whole year, and they went, they didn't go for six months; they went for a year to just ensure it. Uh, really is is going to be. Uh, super helpful to them, and and I I think uh, ninety Metacritic is possible, and if they get a ninety Metacritic on Halo, oh boy, that would be something that would be huge for Xbox and huge for Halo. Uh, you know, it, it'll hit that that prime tier again, and um, that'd be a real respectable thing. But I could see it also. You know, one of the things that like I talked to somebody and they were talking about it. The thing that it has to be rated on both the multiplayer and single player uh, makes it a little bit harder to hit that 90 because, uh, you know, some people might have the multiplayer at an 8 and the story at a 9, and then they combine it's an 8.5. It's not as easy just to have one of those missing elements, but it's good, though, that Xbox goes, you know, all out and offers a multiplayer and uh, pretty much with all their AAAs and uh, you know, and Halo is going to be. I I can honestly see the the multiplayer being played a lot, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. But Tim, Chris Lee left, so it's going to be in shambles. <laughs> but obviously, it looks way better since then. Well, so I don't well, understand where that narrative. You know, it's like, oh, well, someone left. Okay, like Drew Murray left. They're like they're calling him the head of the studio. He's not a sterile <laughs> Gallagher that brought. You know, Tomb Raider right, back right. from the dead. Well, people make uh, things out of anything. But wait, You're who right. replaced Drew Murray? Oh, somebody else that was pretty good at, I hear at uh, Zoni Santa Monica that worked on God of War 2018. <laughs> so, okay, he left. Like, but And he was a creative, what, creative lead? Or one of the yeah, creative. Yeah, he took over so guess for what? Tim Longo. He's got two years of that, of two or three years of the development of Perfect Dark. So he's, right. they have the creative you know, direction that he set in motion for him. So if anything, it was probably more of his work is already in <laughs> right at this point. Oh, yeah, definitely part of it. And what, but, Rod Ferguson know. left, and then what? People were saying, oh, well, we're enjoying it better than it did on release. So you, well, you can try to say, hey, people are leaving, but if things are going in a better direction from the fans' perspective, then... Yeah, I think oh, people yeah. always. Uh, yeah, I agree. But I, I mean, I heard somebody had some comments about that recently. But I think overall, um, you know, that's just part of the industry. People get, you know, also office, you know, office politics stuff like that. Things get stale, or visions get, you know, uh, you know, it's just like you know everything else. You know, sometimes you could run a f- football team for five years. And then after the sixth year, you're running that football team and your your words aren't having the same hold or they're not doing the same where you get played out. It's the same thing with, you know, video games, stuff like that. Like there's sometimes somebody who just – you just need different takes, different visions, different, you know, personalities, and that's just part of the industry itself. You know, I don't think it's a, an issue with Xbox. Uh, just the Halo thing from what I heard was that uh, the game, they kind of took a, a hard hit publicly on the game, and that kind of just fell on Chris. And they got Joe in there, and they got Pierre in there, and, uh, you know, they're going to reap the fe- benefits. But, you know, I do believe Chris had a good good push for the game too. It's just, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they didn't come up and meet the, the objective goal 
to hit it on the on the launch, and uh, that was a big, harsh hit. But you know, in the end, if we're playing a better game next year or this year at the end of this year and loving it, it, it we can, we dealt with it. You know what I mean? The launch was definitely you know the the worst part of probably Xbox generation so far. Uh, the launch was tough because they didn't have those games. Everything was delayed, but it's also been a tough time with everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, the future is insanely bright and that includes Halo. Mm -hmm. Now, Centurion, uh, I would love to know like what you think about, uh, like what are your impressions of the recent uh, screenshots shared from 343? Are you liking what you're seeing? Oh, I'm loving what I'm seeing. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely, how could I say it? I was not one of those people that were like beating the drum when Craig made an appearance and, you know, a game that was not finished didn't look finished. Um, obviously, it did have a long way to go. It wasn't ready for release. Um, did the delay bother me? No. Was it a missed opportunity? Yes. But uh, like Logan said, uh, it's going to be now hopefully on the anniversary of Halo, which I think is actually much more significant mm -hmm. um, because everybody, whenever you talk about Halo, Halo is always regarded as a, the game that changed um, basically the, the, shoot, the fir uh, first person uh, shooter experience, I guess. I, I kind of missed that train. I didn't really get into Halo until the second game. Uh, but from what I'm seeing, I'm excited. It looks like it's going to be a great game graphically. Um, I even kind of, for me, I read some of the articles and I never thought about it. Just the addition of the grappling hook is going to change. It ha changes how the levels have to be designed. Mm -hmm. Um, because where Halo was a grounded linear experience, technically, even though it was, you know, you had these little satellite open worlds that you could explore and fight enemies, it, the experience was relatively grounded and they could control where you would go. Now that you have a grappling hook, they have to somehow design the environment for that. So this is where I have to also want to say that this is not going to also feel like a nor like the average Halo game because we're going to be experiencing Halo now in a more uh, three-dimensional way because you're going to be able to explore the world with this grappling hook. Just the addition of the grappling hook is changing the game. So I'm very curious. The game looks pretty, but how much detail are we really going to throw into the game because now we're going to be able to reach parts of the game that normally as a grounded experience, you would never have to uh, worry about throwing too much detail at, at an object that you would never be able to technically get to. Yeah, I heard that. I remember they made a, like when they were talking about the backgrounds and they were saying how uh, it didn't look great, whatever, like the mountains and the, when they showed the demo. But one of the things I also heard was is that if you actually expanded out and you went that path, you could actually get to those part like any part of the map is supposedly um uh you know you could you could discover it or you can travel well, to it i like I how it's really the, interesting i liked the, the developer uh talked saying that you know if we were to design a halo uh map the way it was back in the day 
people would use the grappling hook to basically bypass every scenario and they would basically be able to ke- complete the game in a very quick manner because they would use the grappling hook just to bypass everything. Yeah. They now have to create a level design that makes it to where e- if you even try to attempt this, it will it will basically somehow be able to circumvent you from doing this. Right. Interesting. Mm. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like I'm really curious how the sandbox is gonna play out. Obviously, we've seen uh, little bits of gameplay uh, footage from that. Uh, yeah, the grappling hook—they've teased some ways that you'll be able to use it to obviously explore the environment and get to points where normally you'd be restricted. They'd have, uh, you know, they'd be blocking the, the the points and whatnot. And it just seems like they're really gonna be uh, opening up the world to be able to explore and that you'll be able to use like for example uh that grappling hook to <laughs> to get onto a banshee for example as it's flying if you can time it right oh well it even go i guess some of the things i've heard is you're also going to be able to use that thing to take an opponent's weapon if you can get it right yeah that's cool that that now that's where i'm just saying that's gonna create some situations where you you know where you might have there's always that moment where you ran out of ammo and someone's chasing you down. Now you have the option of potentially actually taking their weapon for them. You're introdu- If that is the case, you're introducing an element to multiplayer gaming that <laughs> in my mind, I can't remember like, has there ever been a multiplayer element where you literally disarm the character that's facing you? No, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so either. That could be the new, uh, the new cheese thing. Like you, you could, you could, uh, you know, cheat or not cheat, but you could be real cheap with it. Like steal their weapon and headshot. Oh, dude, it. it would bring camping to a whole new another <laughs> level. I just, I really want them to be. I, I really want the the AI to be improved personally. I mean, Halo has always been known for uh, challenging and smart AI that screw around with you, and I really want them to to just have some ch- like to really amp it up for this generation. And we have these more powerful consoles, and yeah, I've been like in some games, I'm kind of bored to be honest with you with some of the enemies I fight. You know, you play Call of Duty, it's kind of like the same kind of scripted stuff with the AI, and with mm-hmm. Halo, I hope to see. Again, just like better interactions, more creative interactions with uh, uh, enemy AI. So hopefully that's one thing that uh, they can show us. Oh, that's one. I don't know, that's one thing that I. That no, has I, I agree with you. I think just revolutionary in general for video games will be when uh, AI takes a big step up. Uh, could be ten years from now. Could be maybe even earlier. But when AI really starts to play and feel like a human. Um, and especially if it was NPCs and they don't, you know, uh, you know, they have really unique characteristics and they, they make their, uh, their whole skill set elaborate. I think that that's when gaming can also take a big step up. Uh, you know, it's going to take time. Obviously it's going to take, uh, power and, and stuff like that, but, uh, they're going to get there. And, um, one of the people that could possibly, you know, make advances in AI is three, four, three. Like I said, they have uh, an amazing talent level from what, you know, originally when they, when they formed three, four, three, they got the best. Uh, they kind of had the initiative uh, take, get the best of the best, get everyone in the business. And, you know, they've, they've required a lot of talent and, you know, also 
they have a lot of talent. They're, they're a 500, 600-person studio. How big are they, Logan, right now, overall, um, 343, as far as full, uh, you know, full uh, capacity? Um, I believe it was 500-something last I remember yeah. checking, but then they also have a ton of contractors. Yeah. So theoretically, they they might have seven to seven, 800 folks right. working for them. Working on Halo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so maybe we get an advance like that in AI, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just yeah with Halo, there's always excitement around a new Halo. Everybody looks forward to it. It's the big name for uh, Xbox systems, and overall, again, guys, this is something that I've been looking forward to for a while. It's been, I mean, Halo Five launched what back in 2015. It's been some time. It's been some time now. You know, it's going to be uh, six years until uh, this uh, release as a mainline Halo game. And I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It's been a while uh, since that. I mean, okay, Halo Wars released one in 2017, I think. And I really enjoyed Halo Wars. Hopefully we get another one. But there's just something about uh, a campaign focus with the Chief, a mainline Halo game, and everything that it comes with. So... I'm really, really looking forward to this sucker. Um, you know, fellas, we will move on to some other bit of news. And Anthem. Anthem Next, the uh, planned overhaul to uh, the game systems. It's been, well, unfortunately, it's been canceled. And in a blog post, Bioware Studio Director Christian Daly explained uh, the decision, stating that the resources needed to make the improvements combined with working from home made things difficult. And, you know, of course, you know, that makes a lot of sense, obviously, uh, with, you know, the past year, the... Uh, you know, the worldwide pandemic that's happened, you know, it's affected all the studios. So a lot of things have been affected or pushed back. But moving forward, Bioware are now fully focused on the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect games. So this is rather disappointing since I know a lot of people who were looking forward to this. Uh, they they wanted to play some more Anthem, right? They wanted this game to reach its full potential. Now, Centurion... As far as I know, I think you've spent some time with Anthem. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. How do you feel about Bioware pulling the plug on this Anthem Next or Anthem 2.0, as some people call it, uh, this update? Man, I've only spent a little time uh, with Anthem. No, I've played a lot of Anthem. I never was one of those guys that leveled my character all the way up, but I did do the main quest. Uh, I played the expansion when it came out when they were trying to do the... Uh, God, I forget the storms that were supposed to occur in the game. Um, dude, it's it's really sad to see what's going on with Anthem. Um, Anthem regretfully called me weird. I At least for me, it was supposed to be a special game. I mean, I received it as a birthday present from a good friend of mine. He actually bought two copies of the Legion of Dawn edition, uh, day and date the day it came out. And he, because of the problems in the game, he was never able to get the the Legion of Dawn uh, DLC armor. So he was never able to even use what he paid $10 extra for, and I was. I felt really horrible. Um, Man, I don't even know how to describe Anthem. A game that completely... Dude... I'm just shocked that 
EA is able to do this and they're still able to kind of, I guess, get support for a lot of their games. They make a lot of sports games and somehow they keep selling hand over fist. Anthem was God. Remember when it was supposed to be the destiny killer? Uh, like there's I, a lot of tags attached to it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where to start, man, because it was a really good game. It, it was a really good game. I enjoyed playing it. I've had a lot of friends who I've played it with me and PTK and the other guys over at the shop podcast for over a year have been making Anthem jokes, uh, on the regular just to keep support for that game alive. We had high hopes when they said that EA was making a decision, but I, I knew EA, I knew EA at their best was going to show, and they obviously stopped the support for the game. They're probably using COVID as a reason. Would that have been the case if the pandemic ever happened? I don't know. Um, I, I really hope they don't do this again. Now, there is obviously, like you pointed out, um, the hope of the fact that they stop mandating multiplayer. Um, it's good to see that they're changing the direction, uh, at least um, the executive's direction. Remember uh, back in the day making comments saying that, you know, games that didn't have multiplayer were going to fail because that's what people aren't interested in anymore. Um, and then all of a sudden they release um, Jedi Fallen Order and the game sales hand over fist. It's an instant success. And they see the value of single player games. Um but when it comes to Anthem, I don't even know where to start because it's a shame. That game honestly has a game mechanic that is in no other game. I mean, name one other game where you can climb into a suit, fly around, um, do this, do all this stuff. And it actually, aside from some loading screens, is it's pretty seamless. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it seemed like a cool concept. I've actually been meaning to uh, download it ever since... Uh... EA Play's been attached to Game Pass Ultimate, so it's definitely Wait something minute, I'll try out. Anthem? No. Wow. The gameplay was really great, but the, just, the content was just not there, and then it was just kind of buggy in a lot of places. But, yeah, some of the action in there was really sick, and how you could just, like, just... Yeah, it was basically like the best Iron Man game ever made. <laughs> well, that's when the you comment play it, I keep when you hearing. Play it, hit me up, and I'll I'll make sure that we always go out as a full team of four, so that way you're not like having issues with like matchmaking and all that good fun stuff. And we could actually do the raids, um, mm -hmm. like because I know plenty of people that will fire that game up if you ever want to play that game. Uh, I mean, like the matchmaking is a little low if you're trying to play with randoms. Uh, but if there is a community there, you just got to find people that still play the game. Well, it does have a dedicated fan base to it. Uh, granted, I don't know how large it is, but I know that there's a lot of people who uh, definitely chime in whenever Anthem's mentioned. Uh, I could think of a few people off the top of my head. I know uh, Mr. Boomstick was always a huge fan of Anthem, and, along with uh, Jago and a few others. But uh, yeah, like you said, the guys over at the Shop Podcast were pretty passionate about it as well. Uh, it's just a shame that uh, EA's pulling the plug on Anthem because they seem to have uh, been coming along pretty well with it over the past year, trying to get some improvements rolled out. Uh, it looked like they were trying to make some things more like, well, Destiny in a lot of ways. And it's uh, just, yeah, it's a shame because a lot of it looked pretty cool. And, like, EA, like all of a sudden it's really changing its mind on things. They, they went from being so focused on 
uh, multiplayer and microtransactions, and now they're starting to realize the value of just a solid single-player game. Uh, you had brought up Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, that was doing great. I mean, of course, uh, Respawn uh, is uh, responsible for that. Respawn had been one of their uh, better developers. I know a lot of people would wish Xbox Game Studios had picked up uh, Respawn Entertainment, including myself. But... Um, you know, it, it's we a... also hoped Xbox would pick up Bioware. Oh, well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's not so definitely. It's actually t- uh, two studios that uh, EA has definitely uh, kind of swept off from uh, Xbox. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an interesting report uh, that has been going around recently saying that EA, ha- yeah, they've uh, given the go-ahead to remove even all the planned multiplayer components that were uh, uh, going to happen for Dragon Age 4 and just make it a pure single-player only game, which, again, that makes a lot of sense because that's what uh, the Dragon Age players want, just a single-player focused RPG game with, uh, you know... <laughs> Um, no, or, um, no online components to it. I mean, the, you know, just trying to shove all that in there, like it's all nonsensical. I think they're also realizing that, you know, just because what works in one game isn't going to work in another. And I mean by the market, um, they thought that, oh, look, microtransactions work great in sports games. Let's try to put them in everything. And they realized that you can't put them in everything because it does kind of it kind of gives you a reputation and they're also, I know that they're also kind of doubling down a little bit more in the mobile gaming market too. Um, and they're realizing that, you know, mobile gaming market is the home of microtransactions. And so that's where it looks like they're exploring different avenues of approaching the microtransaction, uh, situation. And they're just kind of, trying to push these single player experiences because it seemed that with how receptive um, Jedi Fallen Order was, that was actually a pretty good cash influx for them. And they want to try to see if they can duplicate that again with either Mass Effect 4 or Dragon, uh, Dragon, or excuse me, Mass Effect 4, whatever you want to call it. I know it's not number four. Hopefully it's number four and not a spinoff, but at any rate, or the next Dragon's Age game. Um, they're hoping to kind of duplicate that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the uh, Jedi Fallen Order was uh, one of the reasons, and apparently it boils down to another, too. It just, yeah, Anthem struggled so much. And you know, you take a pure RPG t- uh, studio, and then you try to get them to make an online-focused, yeah. microtransaction-ridden game. You know. So my question is, too, what's really going to make me feel that maybe that there's going to be some strong hope for the next Mass Effect and the next Dragon Age is when we finally get some more information on what game engine that they have to use to build these games because another one of EA's shortcomings is the fact that they try to force feed the Frostbite engine on a lot of their developers Um, and uh, again, Jedi Fallen Order was one of those games that did not follow that whole path. They ended up using the Unreal Engine and it created a different experience altogether. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. And the, that's another thing, too, like trying to use uh, Dice's Frostbite engine for everything. When you man that, mandate that across the board, uh, you know, people don't realize that, you know, uh, that developers, I mean, they're just not using the same uh, set of tools for like everything. Like some of them have to build in new things when uh, creating games to focus. You know, it's not the same kind of thing when you go from like an RPG or to a shooter or vice versa. Or if you're trying to make, I'll just say like an RTS and so on. Like it depends on the genre. And Dice's engine just wasn't built for. Uh, look at uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, for example. Right? They had a lot of problems with that game, and it showed. I mean, the bugs alone, but just the development cycle was apparently brutal for that title. So. Uh, Logan, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this. Uh, are, have you uh, played Anthem at all? And uh, if so, are you kind of disappointed to hear about all this uh, news coming out? I've uh, played a little bit of Anthem back when it first launched. Um, to be honest, I'm not the biggest Destiny fan or that type of game. So I, it reminded me of Destiny a little bit, but I did enjoy flying around in the suit and stuff. So... I, I'm not heartbroken and or uh, torn up about it being canceled, but I do feel for the folks who really enjoy that game and the passionate community. You mentioned the shop I was on there, and that they love that game, so I, I, I can definitely feel for them. And just I'm more concerned um, about Bioware itself, to be honest, because I just you know EA's got a pretty full graveyard of uh, studios and. It EA is very give and take. Like sometimes they'll do something great where like they were massive supporters of backwards compatibility. A ton of their titles are BC, but then they jammed a bunch of microtransactions in games. And then Battlefront Two was a just a disaster at launch because of the multiplayer. And then the Frostbite engine. So I'm I'm very glad to hear about the not force feeding multiplayer into Dragon Age because that that would have just been bad so i'm i'm really hopeful but i i'm still very very leery of them when they i their influence is pretty strong over how they make developers do stuff they can say they're not anymore and i hope that's true but i'm just i'm i'm a little leery of them Mm right yeah we're not gonna force you but we have the stipulation if you would like this fancy one million dollar bonus if you made multiplayer Mm. (laughs) it's freaking be like we're not forcing them we just have an absorbent amount of money behind it well it's a shame ea has had a lot of really talented studios but then they've been forced to work on for example other properties you take visceral the guys who had done um uh, what was it, Dante's Inferno and Dead Space, and then they got them to work on Battlefield Hardline, which, I mean, it wasn't a bad game by any means, but it's just, I don't know, I guess they were expecting it to do better, and uh, lo and behold, they canceled, the st- uh, they closed the studio, uh, not to mention just a whole bunch of other cases. I mean, EA's just been, <laughs> Logan's not wrong when he's saying just like a, a graveyard visceral studios is actually one of the main one of the main reasons that came up for its closure uh and and the cancellation of the star wars game that it was working on was because it lacked a multiplayer experience 
Yeah, that's right. Wasn't Amy Hennig working on that project, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Yeah. She was the one from Uncharted, right? That's correct. Okay, yes. Forgive me. I I recognize people more by their job titles, and I know that, yeah, she was the writer for Uncharted originally. So, yes, she was working at Visceral Games, working on their Star Wars game, and I guess whatever they were working on got put in Vince Zampala's lap over at uh, Respawn. Yeah, well, yeah, this whole thing with uh, Anthem and Bioware, just very, very unfortunate stuff. I mean, you take a lot of risks risks when uh, making a new IP, but just, yeah, it just didn't work out, unfortunately. So, you know, I, I wish the best to Bioware. I wish that they weren't with EA, but hopefully EA's uh, smartened up now and uh, will let them uh, just be able to make the games that they want to. Um, okay, guys, lastly, we're going to go on and talk a bit about Psychonauts 2 just to kind of close out the evening. And recently, uh, there was an update to the Studio Double Fine Psychonauts 2 page stating that the game is coming to Windows, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Mac, OS, and Linux. Now... I mean, is this looking like a next-gen console exclusive for Xbox? Like, I'll leave this open to whoever on the panel wants to chime in first. But it it just it seems that way. And it, I'm assuming since uh, it's been updated that we'll be hearing about it sometime soon. Yeah, I think it's all about the, uh, what do you call it? What, what's that? Uh, smart delivery? Uh, I think it's all about that. Kind of like the, uh, what was it? Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I don't think there was any. I don't think Microsoft went and like, hey, we're gonna pay for uh, the what do you call it, the next gen patch, basically. Like, why would you do that? It's already on PS5 because you can play it backwards compatibility through the PS4. Um, so I don't. I think it's more so that they were just selling one SKU because there's even ep- upgrades that like a dragon's not getting until the PS5 version is ready. So I don't even think it's like a true next-gen version but so i think it's a similar thing like here like i don't think you're gonna see like this huge bump up on the series x version versus the backwards compatible version on the ps5 i don't i don't think you're gonna see like some crazy resolution jump to make it a next-gen version so that's that's what i'm my guess is so yeah all right uh I'm not sure who has the uh, the sports on the background. That could be muted, possibly. Um, all right, guys. So yeah, no, that would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, for the uh, the whole next gen upgrading thing. But again, guys, like this is the advantages of Xbox having um, you know Psychonauts two and just bringing it into next gen. Like it's just. You know, Double Fine is such a... Re- I've always found them to be a very interesting studio. I, I'll admit I didn't play the original Psychonauts, but I heard a lot of good things about it um, throughout the years. And I don't know if anyone here played Brutal Legend, but man, <laughs> man, I love that game. That was such a cool game. Um, let's see here. Uh, Logan, are you looking forward to uh, Psychonauts 2? Yeah, I'm a big Double Fine guy. I I love their leadership and their culture at the studio, and they make fun, quirky titles and just Brutal Legend and all the other ones they've made, so I'm looking forward to it. As for next-gen exclusive or not, it it might be a little bit of a loophole because they did say that 
well, the game, we will honor the contract and that it was coming to PlayStation 4 and all these other ones, but we never made a guarantee about PS5 so that they could make a Series X, Series S exclusive. So I could definitely see something like that, kind of a a um, legal loophole, so to speak. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, and I think it was promised through Kickstarter, if I'm not mistaken. That's why, for example, um, it's coming to uh, PlayStation 4 and a whole bunch of these other platforms, but not so much with uh, the next-gen platform, so it's open up to Xbox being able to get it on the next-gen platforms. That's the beauty of it, really. Uh, Tim, are you a Double Fine Psychonauts fan at all? Uh, I think Tim is awesome. I think he's really fun. Uh, I played a little bit of Psychonauts back in the day, uh, but uh, I remember the, the the guitar here. What was the game called with um, that you just mentioned? Brutal, Brutal Legend. Legend with that uh, was Jack very Black. popular. Um, yeah, he's a good studio guy. I I, I think um, as far as the exclusivity, I don't think that that's going to happen. If you look at mm. the game graphically, it's nothing. You know, it's just it looks okay. It looks good, but it's not like pushing system power or anything. Um, but I do think that they've had a lot of time with the game and I think that you're going to get a really good product and, um, it's going to be interesting. I remember when it was announced, uh, I think it was announced in 2015, uh, or the Kickstarter started then. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Tim's very good with comedy and, and he's interesting, uh, to see what, you know, he's going to, I think this game will do well. I'm just interested to see what his next project will be, especially I think because I think it could be bigger. Obviously, don't do a Kickstarter. You can, uh, you know, expand even a Brutal Legends mm-hmm. too. I think a lot of people uh, would would be okay with that, um, you know. But uh, overall, I you know, it's going to be a nice game, Game Pass, and uh, you know, a, a family game possibly. It's you know, it, it looks good. I mean. Have you guys seen the updates? Uh, yeah. The last one with the psychedelic stuff and all that stuff looked really cool. They definitely looks like they were like gonna release a, like a certain type of game, and then when they got acquired by uh, Xbox, like Tim said, they have all this money and they probably said, you know what, let's make it bigger and better and let's let's push this a little bit more. So uh, they did that and. Um, uh, it looks like it's. It looks like we're going to benefit. I think it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like my platforming games, and it just looks interesting. I would actually love for Double Fine too. I think they'd be a very curious studio to work on some Xbox IP, including some rare IP. In all honesty, with you, like they seem to be good at platforming yeah. games. So imagine Conquer. Giving, yeah, imagine them giving them Conquer or Banjo or just like one of those titles. I think that would be. Really cool. Or even uh, Blinks, for example. I think that they could have a lot of fun with Blinks or a couple of other uh, platformers. Uh, Voodoo Vince as well. <laughs> like, I could just, I could totally see Double Fine, Tim Schafer, and his studio doing a good job with, uh, like, titles like that. Uh, that's just me just kind of thinking out in the open. But, uh, I mean, we won't delve on that too much, guys. Just some interesting stuff that came up uh, on the uh, Double Fine page there. I, I'd imagine we'll be hearing some stuff about that very soon again i'm looking forward to psychonauts however i think on that note i'm going to conclude tonight's episode of txr i gotta say guys another really fun show with a lot of 
really wonderful people watching. Uh, we really do have the best viewers around here. We've certainly got a lot of uh, a dedicated bunch that tune in each Sunday night. Uh, well, we, we got Isaiah here, 108 Dragons TV. Hey, Lemon. Uh, ATL, Other Zinc. Buddy, you're here all the time. I appreciate it. One Bad Mother. Uh, what do we got? We got Blaze Reed Jenkins. Uh, oh, D Black Raven, buddy. How you doing? Mike. Uh, so many others here that tuned in. Rick Payne, Morpheus Juice, this Geeky Nerd Greg. So many others. Thank you all for tuning in. Logic Wins and so on. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. And guys, you know, if you loved tonight's episode, then please consider dropping a like, sharing this out across all social media, and subbing if you haven't already. Um, I will move on over to the outros, and I'll start with our delightful guest of the evening, Logan. Buddy, it was really fun having you on tonight. Uh, some really good remarks, observations, and comments. Where can everybody uh, listening in follow you on? Um, well, first off, thanks for having me. It was a pl- pleasure, and I really enjoyed it. And um, they can follow me on Twitter is where I mainly hang out, um, at L-O-G-M-E-Y-9-2. That's um, that's my Twitter, and then you can find my writing on Lords of Gaming. And I should have a, a spicy piece coming out this week about um, Xbox in Japan, so look forward to that. Nice. All right. Hey, you heard it here, guys. Definitely uh, take a look at Logan's uh, work, and I'm interested to see what uh, what's going on with this uh, spicy bit of uh, Japan news. So uh, we'll all uh, look forward to that. Uh, now I'll move on to the TXR regulars, and I'll start with our very own Tim Dog, buddy. Uh, great show tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Great show. Um, and Logan, a pleasure to have you. You can follow me, XCloud Tim Dog on. Twitter. Uh, also, I'll be here Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, over there uh, on RDX, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, YouTube. Um, you know, just a great show, a lot of momentum. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a lot to talk about. Maybe not this week, but, you know, I think uh, something is coming. So. Hopefully, we'll ha- uh, be pumped up talking about that. Yeah, that's right, Tim. There's a lot of uh, rumors floating around. I know we've uh, discussed uh, quite a few of them uh, within the uh, recently. So, uh, hopefully, some of those come to fruition. And I think, uh, like you said, we'll have a lot to look forward to in those coming weeks. Um, Centurion, I'll uh, go over on to you next. Uh, good show, buddy. Uh, where can everybody find you at? Well, for those interested, you can find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter. You can find me right here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast, and you can also find me every Saturday night over on the Shot podcast. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and thank you, gentlemen. It's been an awesome Sunday night. I look forward to this every Sunday night, being able to sit down and talk about games and chat with the community. Um Definitely. Uh, real quick question, though. Has anybody played Outriders? I feel like nobody here has mentioned it. I know the game you're talking of. I know they just released oh, a God. demo, but I haven't uh, I haven't uh, played it, no. I would definitely say I'm enjoying the demo. I've had, a, I've had some people with a mixed bag on it. Um, I will definitely say I've noticed that it's a different experience playing it on 
previous gen versus Series S, uh, Series X. I heard there's some loading screens involved. Um, but definitely, if you haven't tried it, man, you should definitely try it out. All right. All right. I'll, uh, I'll give it a shot. I mean, you know, what's the harm in downloading a demo, right? So I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it the college. It's try. a very interesting story. Very different. Um, it's also kind of like mass effect back in the day. Cause remember back in the day with mass effect, the very first one, the story just wasn't in your face and explain like thrown out and for you, for you to understand, you actually had to get into the codex and read a few things. All right. All right. Well, I'll, so yeah, once yeah, once you do that, you'll kind of like it, it kind of falls into place. It gets kind of crazy. All right, I'll have to uh dive right into that. I've seen I've watched a few videos on it, so I, I I do understand what you're talking about, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely check it out. All right. And uh finally moving on to uh Eric Shockley, buddy. Uh again, you had some really good commentary on uh tonight's topics. Where can everybody follow you at, my my dude? Yeah, you can, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good topics today, uh, and thanks for uh, Logan for stopping by as a guest. Good night. Of course. And naturally, guys, I'm Invader, and all of you can find my content on YouTube over at Invader Gaming. As well, I'm on all kinds of different uh, networks. Uh, you can check me out on BitChute if you'd like. Fun times tonight, and uh, you know what? We all look forward to seeing you all here next Sunday. Uh, also, we got a pretty exciting interview lined up in the next couple of weeks, and we cannot wait to share that with you. On that note, guys, have a good night, everyone. See you later.